y'all. I'm Erin Bagwell. And I'm Diana Matthews. Welcome to Feminist Wednesday's Beaver Talk, the podcast where we give Hollywood unsolicited advice about feminism. In our world, Gaga, Willem, Shangela, and Anthony Ramos make a buddy flick together. Clint Eastwood should never be given the option to direct A Star is Born. And Charlie Cooper is a good dog and a breakout star. Join us as we deep dive into all the things that fire us up about film and television. The glorious, the misogynistic, and the groundbreaking. This is Beaver Beaver Talk. Talk. I just took a big like breath during the like theme song. <laughs> I was like preparing myself for this episode, like during our theme. I know there are some episodes where you come into the studio and it's like business needs to be taken care of. Yeah, no. And this is definitely one of them. For sure. This is a meeting of the minds. This is no longer a casual chat with some microphones. Yeah. I mean, and we did talk about it. A little bit and you wrote a review a gorgeous review for feminist wednesday yeah so i do know where your brain is about it you do well i feel like we needed to talk about it and this is something i will say about i was can i just say though that i was really mad because you went to see it and i was in buffalo at the time and then you went to california and then i didn't really want to text you but i was really like i was like i saw a star is born like there was no communication around it for like a week and i was like can we just talk about it? I'm dying. <laughs> Why are you mad at me? We never talk about what we're going to talk about. I know, but this is A Star is Born, Diana. <laughs> oh, my God. You could have just given me a review. I would have reciprocated. I needed to know what was going on, where you were at. Well, I, I had think, so many thoughts about this film. I think that is what I like. That's a great jumping off point for the conversation around this, because as soon as I watched A Star is Born, I felt like I needed to talk about it with like everybody. You know what's really cool is I feel like everyone has seen this movie. This is a movie that people are seeing. Yeah. And everyone wants to talk about it. Like my Aunt Karen, who like has never called me in my entire life, to like texted me and said I saw a star is born. And I was asking her some questions. She's like, I'm just gonna call you. There's too much to say. Oh my God. And I was like, this woman has never called me in my life. And at eight in the morning called me to tell me how much she loved Lady Gaga. <laughs> and she was like, Erin, it was like going to see a $300 concert. For $8. I mean, I couldn't be happier with her performance and her music. Oh, my God. And I was like, well, that's great, Aunt Kiki. Yeah, I mean, Aunt Kiki is all of us. I feel like watching Lady Gaga in this movie is, Mm. like, transformational. It's very shared to me. Oh, I'm seeing a lot of, like, I don't know, parallels in the way that they're stepping into the film career and, you know, being such cinematic stars. Uh, I don't know. I'm seeing something there. Yeah. Maybe it's just my brain. No, no, no. I think that, I mean, Gaga has a total, I mean, she's always had such a vision for her career, and I'm sure that she is emulating Cher and Barbara Streisand and these incredible women who had such success in the music industry and then really broke into, especially Cher. Because I will say it's harder, I feel like it's hard for, for people to do that breakthrough. Although I think it's easier for musicians to transition into theater and you know, and film because they're naturally theatrical as opposed to like when a Scarlett Johansson releases an album, people are like, well, where's this coming from? It's not the same thread. Did that happen? Oh, yeah. Scarlett Johansson released an album? Yeah, she did like a Tom. This could totally be wrong. I think she did some kind of Tom Tom Waits cover or something. Did I make that up? That is horrifying. There's something happening there. Interesting. Well, yeah. But I think it's hard for actors. I mean, there's tons of them out there who want to dip their toe in. And I think people are like, well, where's the 
thread here. They don't. It's also about finding the role. I think that the role is such mm. a big choice for like what, when you want to make the transition from one industry to another, it's like the role is everything and, and who you work with. And, and who this was a part quite of a role. Molly. It was exceptional. She, yeah. she is a superstar. I mean, obviously everybody who comes to this podcast knows that we love Gaga here. Right. She's everything. Um, but I was not at all prepared for the mm-hmm. level that she brought to this role as Allie. She is truly magnificent in this film agreed she's magnificent and it feels effortless and it feels um loving and i think we we don't see a lot of like i forgot gaga about the gaga persona watching the film i think she so effortlessly portrays this you know new york city girl and and there's such a gorgeous you know the history of gaga obviously she's not she didn't wake up a superstar and so I think there's something very romantic, too, about seeing her, like, being a waiter, working at a drag bar, you know, like, these, and these are kind of her roots. So it felt like, as a fan, too, kind of such an homage to perhaps maybe what it was like for her in the beginning. And that felt really special. And, you know, kudos to Mr. Cooper for seeing her and hearing her and thinking, yeah, this makes sense. This is something that could really work because you nailed it. Yeah, it's uh, it's so fantastic. And I will say I'm keeping an eye on my phone, not too closely for this episode, but a little bit because my mom is currently seeing A Star is Born in Calgary. Wow. And I'm Pat like, Matthews. oh, my God, she is. Is she going to call in and give us a special read? I, I said to her, like, if you have things to say about this, you let me know, because I when I watched the film, I was like, it could really go either way with my mother. I feel like she would absolutely love Lady Gaga. She's going to love the music. She's going to love like the first half of this film as we all did as we all did <laughs> and then i feel like it could really go into a strange place for her yeah has she seen the originals do she we didn't see the barbara streisand version oh no she saw the judy garland version okay um and she saw part of the barbara streisand version but she f- i think she found chris christopherson so off-putting that she like didn't watch the rest of it well that was a hard movie to get through. that's all of us <laughs> that was a hard film to get through I'm going to be honest that I tried to, for this episode, do my homework and watch it. Uh Uh-huh. Could not get through. You didn't fast forward? I could not be a part of it. I was doing my wedding album, actually. Oh, my God. So productive. Yeah, I was like, well, let me lay these photos out. I'll I'll do an activity. I'll put it on. Um, I will say I liked the first five minutes of Barbara's A Star is Born, where she's giving him a lot of added. Did you watch the first five minutes? Oh, yeah. She's fantastic at the beginning. Great. And then the movie just went somewhere else and... And off we went with it, and yeah. Everything just takes like five minutes longer than it should. Chris Christopherson is such a creep and like is so mean to her. It felt like a three-hour movie, too. It is. And then the ending was kind of strange. I didn't even really like their chemistry. Anyway, (laughs) that was an odd film. Kudos also to Bradley Cooper for watching that movie enough times to direct the reboot because you know he had to sit through it like... Because well, there's, like, was, direct things pulled from it. I was going to say, like, yeah, there's some cute moments, yeah, and then that was it. Right. Like, you pull what you needed to pull, and he got out of there quick, which is good for you. I will also say that I think Lady Gaga really channeled Streisand for Allie. Like, mm. a lot of the attitude that she gives him and just kind of, like, because at the very beginning of this movie, like, she's not totally enamored by him. She's, like, he's a drunk. He is completely, you know, out of touch with himself. You know, he has no vulnerability. He has no... Um, 
he's he's still the persona with her very much and she kind of breaks that down and gets to his humanity in a really beautiful way but i don't know there was a little bit of barbara at the beginning i liked it interesting i felt like maybe a mix of barbara but i i also see gaga as being this tough new york broad who has done piano bars at in the Lori side. And I feel like she's got a lot of that in her too. Mm-hmm. But definitely, I'm sure it has taken. Oh my God, wait a minute. Side note. Did you, did you, <laughs> you know that Gaga is going to be funny girl. I know. You're not excited about that? No, it's exceptional. I love it. My God, when I read that news, I lost my mind. She's really having a great year. She's also going to do the Met Gala. Which is just so exciting. Funny girl. Her and Barbara. I know. Wow. I know. Oh, my God. First in line to see it. Yeah, it'll be it'll be something else. Hopefully. Um, This movie, and I talk about this a little bit in my review on Feminist Wednesday, really for me and I think for you, it breaks down into two halves. Yes? Yes, it does. We can all kind of agree on that. Yes, it does. I feel like the first half of this movie is like the magic of what filmmaking should be. It is like watching them, introducing the characters, Jackson Maine and Allie. We're getting glimpses into their lives. We're getting glimpses into his addiction. We're getting glimpses into her talent, but how unseen she is. Mm -hmm. Um, And watching them fall in love, watching him bring her on stage, which is a moment that's kind of teased in the trailer. I will say that moment for me, I was nervous because I think this happens a lot in male-female maybe romances or films where like the guy gives her the courage to take the stand on the stage or, you know, pushes her forward or it's never her decision to stand to like, and I loved the um, independence of Allie, obviously given the platform, but she, nobody pushed her on that stage. She like shoulders back and what like went right for it. And I thought that was a really beautiful moment of like, okay, she wants to take this. Yeah. And he says to her, you know, all you have to do is trust me. And so it's this kind of like, he's going 90% of the way and all she has to do is like 10% make it on stage and just do like what you're good at, what you're exceptional at. Yeah. I completely agree. I love that he didn't push her. I love that he, I mean, he pushed her in the sense that he basically set her up to do it, but sure. um, You know, and Anthony Ramos is behind her too. And he's not being like, what are you doing? Like going on stage? Like, what are you doing? It's her decision. He's literally just standing there and everybody just gives her the space to like do a power move, be born as the star she is. And man, she does. Oh my God. It's such a, it is probably one of the best moments in movies that I've seen. It's like the most memorable scene I think I've watched in a very long time. I also loved the scene where she's singing Somewhere Over the Rainbow in the alley. I know. And then they put the title. I was like, ooh, girl. So I was old like, school. It, it's so yes. like old Hollywood. Exactly. I was like, this feels like an iconic film. I just got full goosebumps. I was mm-hmm. like reliving that moment. Yeah, it's gorgeous. It's like, and it really just, I re- think what's so great about that scene is like, it's at the very beginning of the movie. You know what? I was just sorry to Cool, know. you can talk now. No, that's totally fine. <laughs> finish your thought no it's at the beginning of the movie and i think it just establishes you know because this is a remake this is a reboot and it comes after a long lineage this is the fourth iteration of this movie Mm -hmm. um it establishes lady gaga in the pantheon of judy garland barbara streisand yeah yeah here we are now and i think that is such a beautiful intention to start the movie out with um i just remembered as we're recalling the film that she breaks up with her fiance in the bathroom dirt before that scene and then we never really that is never spoken of or thought of or that was kind of a weird. I don't think he's her fiance. I think that he's married. 
he's married. Yeah. She's just breaking up with someone. Yeah. She's oh, like I see, I see. Okay. dating idiots and okay, okay. just kind of living out of the light. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. She has that moment, which is kind of a cute introduction to her because she's just so frustrated by men in this movie, which is something I think that was very cathartic that they wrote into her character is like just how over it she is with like the male executives at the music in the music industry who are telling her that she's like really talented, but not pretty. And you know, she's she finds, like, such a community in the drag community, which I think is, like, really cool and a really unique way to show how dedicated she is to her craft, but how, like, it's not men who are going to give that to her. And, yeah, All I of our that. worlds colliding, really. Yeah. I loved it. Let's talk about the second half of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, you and I were both really nervous about this because well, I think I think this is a, a very strong movie. I loved it. I loved that. I think Bradley Cooper saw the opening scenes of the film. I think he saw the last scenes of the movie. And I think he really struggled to see where we take it once Allie and Jackson are in love and we're trying to build up her career while he's slowly spiraling into alcoholism. I think he really struggled to find the balance between Gaga, his brother, who's played by Sam Elliott, and his own story. Mm -hmm. Um. And I'm not sure he succeeds. (laughs) Well, let me tell you what. I mean, when I first saw this film, I when I first left the theater, I felt like, oh, my God, this is so sad. Like, you know, what a beautiful story. And then I really sat with it and it made me very angry. Mm. And I felt like their relationship and mostly as we see in the second half of the film the film in the beginning, in the first half, is about their their courting, their lives, um, but it's such an equal weight of who we both get to spend time with, and I think this film, being a star is born, is supposed to kind of bring space into having Gaga come into her own as this very creative musical figure that's now becoming a pop star. And then the second half of the film... Gaga disappears in a lot of ways and it becomes about Bradley and it becomes about his ego and it becomes about his, you know, addiction and his hearing and his brother and his family. And then when when Allie is introduced, it's this self-saboteur of how can I like, it's strange because he has these moments where he's like really sink it in, like really relish in this, you know, success and this fame you're having. But then it's so then it's so quickly taken away by his actions, which are just saboteur, 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 as we see in the Grammys and their fights. And even when she got the record deal, he's mad. Even her going on tour, he's mad again. And it was like the whole film became about him not being able to handle her success in a lot of ways, I think. I disagree in part Mm -hmm. because I think that would have been great if the film had become that. Uh him not being able to handle her and like them having to figure this out as a married couple. But the film doesn't give that any space. I feel like the whole space in the entire second half goes to him trying to reconcile with his brother who we haven't really witnessed the story from in the first half of the film. And so I feel like Lady Gaga's story and Allie and Jackson's story is abandoned partly and kind of the Sam Elliott narrative comes forward, but I'm like, who are you again? Like, what is the history here? What's the history of the farm and the dad and all of the background? And I feel like if the story had been about 
Jackson's jealousy with Ali's career and them having to kind of navigate those waters, it would have, I would have preferred more of that and less of Sam Elliott. Mm -hmm. I feel like I did not connect to the Sam Elliott narrative. I didn't feel like. I also felt like the health narrative with his ear took up a lot of energy and space that was never resolved. I think it just added to to the dimension of his career ending yeah and him not taking care of himself and not taking care of his art and not take, like not having any pride we in could what have he's doing made more space for gaga in those moments Correct. perhaps absolutely <laughs> no but i think that um i think that the criticisms he has about her career are so self-righteous yes. and i think well, it's this was so, another reason that i was yeah. kind of felt angry about it was he's looking at her career as a pop star you know they dye her hair she's dressing sexier there's never a conversation with her about like, are you cool with it? Yeah. Is this who you want to be? What yeah. if she grew up her whole life wanting to be Madonna? Yeah. So then to shame her for being a pop star and for not being an authentic artist and for selling out, like she's from freaking nowhere. She's like happy to be there. So that part made me angry. And then you're a goddamn like musical legend. Step in. Yeah. Let's work together. Let's shape her career. Why don't you share what you've known from the industry? He kind of like, he's like, oh, I'm disappointed in you, but go off on your own and like sail into the sunset and disappoint us all. It's like, what the fuck is that about? (laughs) I mean, I feel like I was so confused by their, I feel like the communication between them. (laughs) I was like, we need to have like some kind of something because it felt very, it didn't stick. Yeah. Their relationship in the second half. It didn't have enough stake. There were there, the stakes were not high enough for me to really warrant them staying together. They just end up being bad for each other. And I know that's like not what a lot of people feel. But for me, like it's like in the bathtub scene when he's like, you know, you're a sellout. You're so lame. Like you're a pop star who has nothing else to say anymore. You've lost your authentic voice. She just comes back at him with like, get out. Well, I and actually- there's no like meat to what's happening. I actually kind of disagree with you because I feel like <laughs> I feel like marriage sometimes you fall out of your zazazo. And sometimes oh, just hold the phone. <laughs> okay, yeah. I and sometimes I feel like you give your partner space to work through their shit. And then like you're there, your job is like to be there and like they come back to you and you figure it out and you can rebuild it together. And I think there are those ebb and flow moments where Not everything needs to be, you know, the beginning of the movie where you're romantically falling in love. So I did understand kind of the, do we want to move forward together? Do we not want to move? But that's not even a question. They're just moving forward together. They don't even question it. Like, there's just this, like, he goes away to rehab and she's like, uh, do you want to come home? Like, what's the move here? And he's like, yeah, of course I want to come home. Like, I'm getting, I'm getting clean and sober because I want to be with you. Mm -hmm. But for me, it's like, Why? I don't see enough of why they want to be together. And I think that that's that depth. I don't know if there needs to be. I feel like they have they're sharing something. I don't know. I, I didn't need that to be filled in. I got that they were they had a great love. And even there's some he in the soundtrack, this this idea of him being like, you know, always remember us this way. Like they're kind of holding on to this idea, I think, of what it used to be. But I, this is a random thought to say, but remember when you and I were talking about Woody Allen and Kate Blanchett, or yes. maybe it was Diane Keaton. It was Diane Keaton. Yeah, Diane And Keaton. you said she was always going to be loyal to Woody Allen because he built her yeah. career. 
I feel like there's also something happening here with Allie's character where she's going to be ride or die for him. Well, it's codependency. They're, they're, like, they're really getting into what a codependent relationship looks like between two artists. And I think that that's like a big thing. And Lady Gaga's talked about this in an interview is like examining people who are loyal to each other to a fault hmm. and what that looks like and how it's not, you know, it's not bad. It's not good. There's no judgment on it. This is reality. This is, this is relationships and it's relationships that are formed when you, when somebody's addicted, when somebody is struggling with mental health, like there's a lot that goes into just loving someone. And sure. I think that what they're trying to show in this movie is like Allie's Allie loving Jackson so much who for who he is at his best and what he did for her and you know the way he championed her and the way that he brought her her life and and her career but um, i don't know if she was codependent because you're right at the rehab she was like do you want to keep going she also loved him enough to be like i get that this also isn't working maybe and if you want to go go i i don't think that that's what she's saying at all I think it's more like, I love you and I'm loving you through this. But if you don't want to, like, she's like, I'm, I love you, but do you want to be here? But do you not want to be here? Like, it's it's looking to other people to make the decision for you. Instead of her being like, I don't want you here. Right. She was definitely looking for him to have the answer. For sure. Absolutely. She's asking him if he wants to come back. She's not saying to him, you're not coming back. Right. We'll figure it out. But you're not well, that was Well, that kind of always bothered me a little bit about their relationship is he always felt like he had the upper hand mm-hmm. in every kind of interaction. And they never really felt like they were. She always felt like she was in his shadow, mm. even through her rise. And, you know, because I just feel like he, he respected her as an artist, obviously. But, but even in the way that, like, I don't know, not the way he wanted it to look and sound. It just was weird. It was a bit controlling, I, I thought. think that there's, like, and this is outside of the characters, I think that there's, like, such a judgy, a judgy McJudgerson judgment made on, like, the nature of pop music and how, like, oh, so, like, if Lady Gaga performs the song that she does on SNL in this movie where she's, like, checking out a guy and, like, talking about his butt. And then Bradley Cooper's like, oh, that song is absolute garbage. Like, you shouldn't be performing it. It's like, pop music is great. And it brings people a lot of joy. And it's like, because what you're doing is so, is changing the world in such a magnificent way. Like, why is that a thing? And if that's going to be a thing in their characters, there needs to be more of a conversation about it. That needed to be more of a fight to me. Yeah, I agree 100%. And I've, I've listened to her, both of her pop songs off the soundtrack, probably more than I have his songs. So the soundtrack is so good. It's great. Oh, my God. And the little audio clips that they leave uh, in. Uh, a delight. I love when she's like, you know, I don't do this with everybody. And he's like, good. And then they go off to Arizona. It's the best. <laughs> <laughs> um, I feel like there's other things and we that, need so, to get into. And just to kind of... Keep this thread going or wrap it up or whatever. You know, even in, and this is not an original thought. I'm stealing this from Matt McConkie. But, you know, obviously, spoiler alert, you know, he kills himself. She does this tribute to him at the end. And now she's like regular Allie. Um, And he, Matt McConkie on his podcast, Homophilia, where I was talking about with his co-host, Dave Holmes, great podcast. You guys should listen to it. Um, About like even in death, he's controlling her. Like Mm. now she's going to be stripped down. Now she's going to be in the image that he would have wanted her to be. It's like, she can't escape this. And maybe you're right. Maybe there is some kind of codependency theme that like now she has to serve his vision. Yeah. Like, where is she? And she uses her full name to introduce herself when she sings the final song. She calls herself Allie Main. 
which is interesting because for the whole show, for the whole movie, she's Allie, which is maybe a nice moment. I feel like I shouldn't be mad about that one. (laughs) She is, after all, his widow. Yeah. Did you know that like 50% of Americans think it's you have to legally change your name when you get married? Really? That it's illegal to keep your maiden name. Oh, my God. Just a side note. He should have to change it to Bradley Gaga. Let's talk about the chemistry between these two and like the absolute pleasure it is to watch them in all of the hundreds of hours I'm sure you've seen of Vanity Fair, the film festival at Cannes. I mean, the respect that everyone seems to have for Bradley Cooper is is quite a delight and is great to hear kind of the camaraderie that he's built on this set. Yeah, I think that he led this movie with such a profound vision and such a directorial, like, clench hold on what he really wanted to do with it. And, you know, everybody sang live. He trained his voice for over a year beforehand. Bradley, you sound great. You sound great, doll. You sound great. (laughs) When he first opens up the film, we're all like, oh, this is it. Yeah. How's he going to sound? This is the moment. This is it. You sound great, honey. He sang live. He sounds great. Because Lady Gaga was like, I'm tired of watching movies where people are lip syncing and it's such a disservice to like musicians and it's a disservice to music. Oh, you know that she had her fingerprints all over oh, that. Oh, my God. She They're was training together. Well, and her and Willie Nelson's breath. son and Mark Ronson were like the powerhouse that brought that whole music side to life. Mark Ronson. <laughs> we cannot talk about one without the other. Oh, jeez. They're together forever. Hmm, That's how it is. She's engaged now, too, to her new fiance. Who is? Lady Gaga. Excuse me? Oh, my God. What? Did you miss what? all this? She's engaged again. He's what an agent. What are you saying? <laughs> She's engaged? I don't send you Lady Gaga news because I just assume you know. I'm disappointed in myself, frankly. I'm a little upset with you. Oh, my God. Who knew? Yeah. I already thought they were engaged, so I'm kind of like, this is an old news thing. But, yeah, she's engaged to her new uh, beau. Interesting. Not to Bradley Cooper, um, who also has a baby and a wife and is totally fine. But, (laughs) you know. Um, But, yeah, the chemistry between the two of them, the performances from both of them, you know, say what you will about the writing, say what you will about what they chose to focus on and what they kind of left behind but the performances from bradley cooper and lady gaga are like what magic is made of can i say though bradley did this thing and this was a hundred percent part of his character where he doesn't make eye contact with the camera and it drove me a little bit insane once i started noticing it it really freaked me out (laughs) (laughs) well he's so evasive well he's so beautiful yeah that we want to see his eyes oh and <laughs> and him just looking down, I don't know. I was, like, a little sad by it. I but mean, I guess that's his whole thing. He was a sad Sally. It's funny to me because, like, I'm not gonna, about to give men credit here for, like, looking shitty on camera. Like, I'm not – no, we're not going to give any space to that because whatever. But I will say I am very he impressed. Like shit on camera. He looked like shit. And I love that. He was so you like he just looked like he smelled. He was he like just worn. looked like he had been out in the sun. Yeah. For like years. Mm-hmm. And I he looked like old leather. Like yeah. I loved it. Whoever did makeup and hair, like he just looked like he just he looked like an old cowboy. Yeah. And tobacco. Yeah. And leather. Yeah. And there's kind of a scene in the movie where they do kind of hint at that and she's just like totally turned off by him and he passes out on the couch and she's like, Ugh, what are we doing here? Yeah. It's great. Notes to Bradley Cooper, feminist notes to Bradley Cooper. What do we have to say to him? 
Well, you know, the the second half of the film, as we said, is missing is missing Lady Gaga, is missing Allie's character, is missing the why and the how, and their relationship becomes a backseat to, I think, his personal demons, mm-hmm. which perhaps they wanted you to feel fuller so that they could make the ending more potent. Um, I would argue that a deeper love story and a more intricate and complicated relationship would have make made that scene feel even harder because at that point, I wasn't even sure where she was at in their yeah. relationship well, Do you know yeah, what I'm she saying? says that. So, in the scene where she and uh, Sam Elliott are kind of, you know, he's saying to her, "It's not your fault. It's not my fault. It's his right, fault." Right. Also, Sam Elliott, he did a great job. He's he's always does a great job. Sam Elliott's a dream. We love him. Yeah. Um, she says to him, "I lied to him. Like my the last the last interaction I had to him was lying." And I'm like, "Wait, what?" Because she she <laughs> lies to him because she says that her tour is canceled so that she can stay home with him because they she says the record label wants me to produce another album and stay home. Well, they don't. They want her to go on this international tour, right? And she wants to stay with him, so she lied, and he knew it because he had talked to her sneaky little manager. Exactly. So she was trying to to not have him feel bad that she was going to leave. But wouldn't sense? it be worse to say that you're staying and then you will leave inevitably than to just be like, hey, I'm No, she doing canceled great. the tour for him oh, to take she care did. of him. Yes. Okay, so she wasn't lying. Well, she, she said just the lied record about label. The reason. Yes. A correct. Of oh, 100%. Okay. Yeah, she was protecting him. All right. I see it now. And I feel like in that scene also, he knew mm-hmm. that she was lying. Mm-hmm. And there's part of me again and I don't we don't know uh, there is an anger that I have about the like the career stuff because it's like he there's part of me that feels like his his ego and his career and his demise was more important than her life and being with her and being married to her and like them rebuilding together like without his career he had nothing and so he wasn't going to move forward in any capacity and maybe that's a bit judgmental and people can you know share their thoughts but I think in that moment, it, it could have also been like, you know, no, like, I know you have to go on tour and I love you and I support you and I want to be there for you. Like, there's such a disconnect between whose artistic integrity has value and whose doesn't. And that really made me mad. Yeah, but he is dis- disconnected. Like, he's suicidal at that point. And I think that his suicidal tendencies, and they bring this up, like, when he's talking with, uh, when he's talking with the therapist at rehab, you know, he's been suicidal since he was a kid. Right. And so I think he only has bandwidth for himself. And uh-huh. I know you and I talked a little bit about you wanted to see him mentor her. Well, you wanted to point. see him kind of bring her up at almost like to become her manager himself. Like I would have loved it. Yeah. But I think that this is the tragedy of it is that he just had absolutely no space for her. And right. he could only love her in like the very specific way that, they knew each other, and I think that that's the heartbreak. But again, like more, more, more of that. Like I wanted more of the heartbreak. Of yeah, I felt those like their, their fight in the tub was very like surface, and I wanted them to really go deep. I wanted so much more go from that deep. fight. I wanted them to like that fight to last like ten more minutes. A thousand percent, and they go deep because that um, was all we really got for yeah, their disconnect in the way sure. that they were communicating, which basically told us they weren't. Yeah, exactly. And I think that that scene in the bathtub was improvised. And I just was like, really? you guys should have scripted a little bit more. Yeah. he. So they improvised a lot of the film. 
because he wanted it to feel really natural and feel really You're like a thousand percent it was improvised absolutely because it's so stunted it it's doesn't, so like it's like what uh, yeah we get there but not quite like he's just really mean to her and he just goes for the jugular he but he calls her like ugly, ugly. it's like well <laughs> whoop-de-doo it's like i'm lady gaga fucking sit down but but i wanted so much more of him showing how unable he is to like really elevate her to the level that he sees her at. Mm -hmm. And she in turn is like giving him so much love, but it's like, I, she has to start being selfish for but her at, career. At the same time, it's interesting because when she won the, wins the Grammy, she thanks her manager first. Oh my God, the Grammys. What a great scene. Oh Jesus. She thanks her manager first. So there's also, there's part of me that know she knows how to emotionally compartmentalize this this relationship with this man. Yeah, when he comes back from rehab. But we don't see enough to really believe it. Well, it's melodrama. I think that they give you enough in this movie to, like, feel everything you need to feel. Like, when you want to see them fall in love, they fall in love in such a, like, beautiful way. And when things really hit the fan, you're really emotional about it. When you're meant to be sad, you're very but sad. I don't think I was emotional during their bathtub scene because i was no. like this is too they didn't go there enough. they didn't go there enough and you're not actually not even sure what they're mad about because what he's fighting with her is that about is that she lost her authentic voice so he feels like she betrayed herself as an artist but it's like okay more of that like what did she get into it absolutely not this is the pop but this, this is, is the, the pop star but, debate but this is the q and a like maybe if she could have said like i feel uncomfortable or i don't want to do this anymore and we just we didn't see enough of her to really know where we were at yeah it, well, it assumed uh, this is maybe I don't know, Betty's. You can get you can get at me if you disagree about this, but I think that scene assume that we all hate pop music and it's a lesser form of art than country rock. Well, it assumes that you agree with Bradley Cooper. Yeah, and I don't. <laughs> I don't Neither. agree. I think that like this is part of the game. Is you do you don't? Not everybody gets to come out of the gate as Bob Dylan and retire as Bob Dylan. I also think there's something homophobic about hating pop music. Whoa! Whoa! <laughs> Considering to like her, if we're looking at the character of Allie who grew up in these drag shows and like serving this really amazing, you know, queer community and she's writing songs about like looking at guys' asses and like great writing great disco and pop songs that'll be played in these clubs, I think to like look down on that, I think there's something subconsciously homophobic about it. Shots fired. Just saying. Fair enough. I mean, yeah, I think I just needed... I mean, even when he comes back from rehab, I wanted almost a scene like another guy had been living there while he was gone. Yes. Or like, let's raise the stakes to a yes. place where it's like, you are losing the woman you love yes. and wake up. Yes. Because then I would have understood like why he is unable to, like uh -huh, why uh -huh. he's not able to elevate himself. Then in we order would have known that enough. she had really compartmentalized their relationship, that she had, you know, put it in a basket somewhere, had been doing her own thing, working on her career. She was willing to put it aside for him though. Yeah. You know, for this tour thing. Yeah. That would have been a good movie. Yeah, because I think it would have been so good to show the complexity of, like, when she visits him and he, she says, you know, Charlie the dog is waiting by the door and I'm waiting and we're both just waiting for you to come home. And then when that actually, and when that line happened, I'm like, oh, something else is going on here. But then when that actually turned out to be true, I was like, you're really just waiting around for him? Yeah. This is, like, so disappointing. I want some, I want stakes. I want there to be this complexity. I wanted more Although maybe that would have made his suicide as a, like Gaga's fault if she would have cheated on him. I don't, it doesn't even need to be that big. Like maybe it's not like that she's cheating on him. Maybe it's just that like she re she redecorated the apartment without him. 
she moved on. Just like something some happened capacity. that she moved on. Yeah, yeah. Like she sold the house or she sold, you know, like it's like mm. she got rid of the dog. <laughs> she got rid of the dog. No, don't get rid of the dog. Um, yeah, I just needed, I needed something there that showed a little bit more of Ali's autonomy. And that would have given us like the link because we obviously didn't see it at any other capacity in the second half of like knowing where she was at yeah. and i feel like for me when he died i was like how's she gonna feel about this like yeah. i literally didn't know yeah and i think that's you know we should have all been heartbroken and sobbing with her but i didn't know if she was if she felt relieved if she didn't is she gonna go on tour now i had so many questions that's a great point yeah not knowing how ali feels when he commits because suicide. at the end of the day then you need to switch your pov from him to ali and for us to care, she needed to be part of that movie at the end. Sing it, sister. And Loved it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I really, I'd like to see it again. I saw it twice in a week. Did you? I really leaned in on this one. Because the first time I watched it, I just wanted to watch it. I just wanted it to, like, wash over me. Yeah. I was, like, ready to receive whatever it had well, to offer. Well, then I felt so judgmental after a couple of days. I was like, maybe I need to go back and really sit, sit with this more. I felt better about it the second time. Okay. Yeah. I thought that I felt more grounded with it the second time. I heard uh, Shallow in the grocery store today. Oh, my God. Really? You're playing it on the radio. It's the biggest thing. It's very much. I think it's going to be, like, The Bodyguard. I think that soundtrack oh, is going to be everywhere. Love it, love it. Yeah. Also, um, I'm part of this weird subculture Facebook group about the Real Housewives. Of course. Not important, but somebody said that they ran into Bradley Cooper. And they said, they went up to him, they were like, listen, I never do this. I'm from LA. I don't like harass celebrities, but I just want you to know I can't stop thinking about A Star is Born, you know, such a brilliant job. And he, <laughs> he deadpan was like, you know, we cut it a year ago and I can't stop thinking about it still. Like, it just the love of this film oh my um, God. for him and for the cast, it just is, it's an, it's an incredible achievement. So what do we think? Oscars for everyone? Oh, all the Oscars. Really? Do you think he's going to get it? 100%. You do? They probably already got his little name on it. <laughs> yeah, the Academy was it right like, in. well, here we go. Um, yeah, I, I mean. she's going to win the Oscar. I don't even need to see another. I mean, this is probably too early to say. I feel like I don't need to see another performance from the lead actress because she was absolute perfection in this role. I was there was ask. not a moment in this movie where I was like, she missed steps. I don't believe it. You know, even in the scene with the bathtub, the acting is exceptional. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's something that A Star is Born should be very proud of. Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga, Anthony Ramos, like all of them should be so proud. Great cast. Of the authenticity and the level to which you can tell everyone just elevated to show up for this one. Yeah. Yeah. Is he getting director? A hundred percent. He's getting director. I think ben Affleck got one for fucking Argo. I don't think he got director. I think he got best picture. Oh, really? Yeah. No, I think they gave him director. He got best picture for sure. I'm not sure he got director. Well, Hollywood loves when the Golden Boys step up and make a movie. So I don't think that Bradley Cooper is shitty like that, though. I no, think I Bradley agree. Cooper is like one of us. I think he's got it. I like that kid. <laughs> he's going places. <laughs> I mean, he did. He did our girl justice. Can, did he win? No, he didn't. He wasn't, he wasn't nominated for best director. Oh, he wasn't. Oh, okay, good. Boom. But Bradley is absolutely. I, he's. I think he's going to take it. There's no question. Yeah, it'll be. It'll There's be such a movement watch. happening with this film. People are really like digging it. 
yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens with it. My mom has not texted no oh news God. from Pat Matthews yet, but we'll uh, keep you posted, Betty's, about what my mom has to yeah, say. Yeah, maybe we'll link it into the next Beaver Talk. I'll screenshot it and post it. <laughs> she can give us her full... The full report. Wow. Love it. Exciting. Well, thanks, Diana. Thanks so much, Erin. Um, Betty's also, feministwednesday.com slash beaver talk has a brand new section on our brand new website. And you can fill out a comment form. You can check out and see what new episodes are coming up. We did like a whole revamp page for you. So um, get in on that if you want to send us suggestions, love letters, comments, notes. And then if you want that tarot card reading, which some people are getting, our next Beaver Bites, uh, make sure you rate us and review us on iTunes. Yeah. And thank you so much to Kent for hosting us every Wednesday. Kent's looking great in his fall sweater today. He really is. He's working it. And uh, if you want to know my thoughts about A Star is Born in full detail, be sure to check out FeministWednesday.com. The review is up now. Amazing. Thanks so much, Erin. Happy Feminist Wednesday. Happy Feminist Wednesday. Hey guys, I'm Lissa Mandel. I'm Philip Cassell. And we're here from The, the Bitch Seat, the podcast. It's an interview show where we talk to guests about the horrible and beautiful parts of their youth. We like to think of it as an adult talk show and tell. A grown-up show and tell. There you go. Like that. So for a teaser, here's some magnetic poetry that I wrote on my fridge when I was 12. Hit it, Phil. Dreams of whispered music felt snow white and lathered me in delirious symphonies. The ache within is black and bitter. A thousand frantic shadows scream and chant bitterly. I sleep on a lake of a thousand diamonds. You were 12? Yeah, I was way ahead of my time. Fair enough. Tune in. This has been an Atlantic Transmission production. Hey!